Morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We are now in the pre-Lenten season. Slightly more penitential cast will begin again our practices praying Psalm 95 for the Benite. That's on page 459. Psalm 95, page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, but they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 135 on page 510. O praise the Lord, laud ye the name of the Lord, Praise it, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. O praise the Lord, for the Lord is gracious. O sing praises unto his name, for it is lovely. For why, the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his own possession. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven, and in earth, and in the sea, and in all deep places. He bringeth forth the clouds from the ends of the world, and sendeth forth lightnings with the rain, bringing the winds out of his treasuries. He smote the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast. He hath sent tokens and wonders into the midst of thee, O thou land of Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his servants. He smote diverse nations, and slew mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. And gave their land to be an heritage, even an heritage unto Israel his people. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever. So doth thy memorial, O Lord, from one generation to another. For the Lord will avenge his people, and be gracious unto his servants. As for the images of the heathen, they are but silver and gold, the work of men's hands. 
They have mouths and speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, and yet they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, and so are all they that put their trust in them. Praise the Lord, ye house of Israel. Praise the Lord, ye house of Aaron. Praise the Lord, ye house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise be the Lord out of Zion, who dwelleth at Jerusalem. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the second chapter of the book of Genesis. Thus the heavens and the earth, and all the host of them, were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth, when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hittichel. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the, Lord, out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, and every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to man. And Adam said, 
This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious stone of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fourteenth verse of the sixth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Others said, It is Elijah, and others said, It is the prophet, or like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, This is John, whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John, and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and holy man, and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things, and heard him gladly. Then an opportunity, an opportune day, came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles, his high officers, and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced, and pleased Herod, and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, up to half my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry. Yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. He read the second lesson. Shorter form of Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, 
and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit let us pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, I beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness for the glory of thy name through Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God world without end. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all, and welcome. We um, are in the week of Septuagesima, and as you might have noticed yesterday, um, the prayer book resets the lectionary on Septuagesima, so we begin over with Genesis, and we begin in morning prayer to read through the history of the Old Testament. And it helps us, it helps to narrate the church year for us because um, we begin, you know, with Genesis, we will move forward and get to the Passover in the context of Easter, and so that matches up. And then we'll work our way through towards the end of the year where we go through the history of Israel and end up in exile in Babylon as we wait for the coming of Christ. And that provides the narrative backdrop for the experience of the church year. And 
Um, we're also in the pre-Lenten season. Um, the season of pre-Lent is two and a half weeks to think about the coming of Lent. We're not yet in a season of fasting, but the color purple marks that change. In pre-Lent, we stop looking back at Christmas and meditating on the Incarnation, and we start looking forward to Easter and considering the fast we will embrace to prepare for it. So it's two and a half weeks to think about where you are with God in your life and how you can um, take on disciplines during Lent to, you know, to grow in, 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 in your faith. Um, Genesis, uh, I mean, it, it's so much of, of the Bible is rooted in the narrative of Genesis. And, um, you know, in, in modern times, people have misunderstood it as we got this exaltation of rationalism that reduced the Bible to a you know, to a, a book of facts that, that told you when the world was made, and it, it, it missed the point that the Bible isn't really answering all, any of those questions, is answering questions of meaning. Um, why was it made? Um, uh, to know why we're here, what we we're made for, for what purpose, uh, which mere rationality can't find, and, and that's kind of the part of the despair of the modern world, is it it has it all this knowledge, but it, it doesn't know any meaning. Uh, it's kind of like the psalmist talks about here, because they only see the the outward form of the thing. It's not a form of idolatry. They can't see the sacramental deeper meaning and purpose. And we get a, we've got a number of deeper meaning and purposes that we've seen in Genesis. Um, that first we know that God is is the beginning of all things. In the beginning, God. And um, he seems to be a God of love who enjoys creating things that are good. He makes things. It's almost, uh, you, know, you know, just enjoying the goodness of, 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 of life and creation. He's generous. He creates in love, which is understanding. And this is really where um, Genesis came into the ancient world as good news because the ancient competing creation narratives usually had the world being created by warring gods who created the world, you know, out of either spite or created humans to have manual laborers for the gods so they could do work for them. And this whole idea of a god who created things that were beautiful, that were good, that created, you know, humans in his image to love was good news in the ancient world and there's good news in the modern world now where we have a, a very dark idea of why we're here it helps remedy that we see a few things in in genesis 2 uh that that it sort of takes the, the creation of man and gives us you know focuses the telescope more closely to say what was going on here that he that god he put him in the garden gave him all he needed he gave him a test don't eat this and this lets us know that that man uh, is in spiritual infancy. Like all spiritual kids, they get tests, and they're told, and they have to learn by trial and error what they're supposed to do. And, and unfortunately, Adam will learn by error. Uh, and um, the other thing we see interesting with the creation of woman is the theme of Genesis, where things are separated and brought together. That was the theme of of Genesis 1. He creates, you know, sky and earth, light and darkness, but it, it's together in a harmony. Here he creates man and woman, but the whole point of man and woman then is to come back together. 
which gives us kind of the mystery of the human condition, which which reflects the mystery of God as Trinity, that we're 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 different people, but we're all but we're called to be one. God is that way, and we in the body of Christ are called to work out how we're going to be that way. Uh, it's not good for the man to be alone, so he makes a woman to create a community. It's it would be misreading to understand her as just have a helper. It's he's alone, and this is a another human being to bring him out of his solitude into communion, union, communion. And that's sort of the 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 function of woman here is to be that focus of of union and communion and relationship. Um, perhaps the, the big the biggest thing we should get. Um, well, one thing about the test is that um, the test also lets us know that God wants a willing response from us. God wants our love to be freely given to him. He has freely given us love and life and redemption, and and we he wants us to freely give back, which means we have to have the ability to opt out, and that's really what the tree represents here. But the biggest thing about this passage, we should understand where it says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they, they should become one flesh. Um, this is the very verse that St. Paul quotes in Ephesians 5.31, but he says, this is a great mystery, but I'm really speaking about Christ and the church. So this whole drama of the creation of man, a woman from his side that's separate and brought together is, is a backdrop for a whole lot of New Testament understanding of Jesus as the new man um, who, and, and the whole out of his side, especially in John's gospel, where the water and blood fly out of the cross on um, Good Friday, which is his bride, the church, is, is, is created and cleansed by that baptismal and cleansing water. And so the whole drama of history is how God's son is then joined to all creation through uh, in that in that ultimate ultimate marriage. So this is not just about how we have nice human marriages, but it's how human marriage is a sacramental sign of the larger union of Christ and his church. And um, so there's these are themes here to meditate on always because they always provide insight into what's happening in the New Testament. And we should note, just as a closing, as we read through Mark's gospel and other places, that the narrative of new creation is continuously prevailing. That God is speaking again through his word, which has now become flesh. And in the power of the spirit, Jesus is going about. But the world is resisting that. The world is saying no. And it's interesting. We had a command in Genesis, don't do this. Um, we also have a command in the Torah uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, and uh, but but uh, Herod had power, so he just took his, his brother's um, his brother's wife in in ignoring the commandment of God, which he knew, and yet he holds his own word. I vowed to give you whatever you want, and so I can't go back on that, lest I look like a fool. But I can completely ignore the word of God, and so the new creation. We what as we enter into it, we have to value the word of God over all other words. And and the world always wants us to be considered with power and reputation, but we come into God's new creation to listen to the word and freely yield to it because we want to live in that in that relationship with God in love and not <clears throat> and not be separate from God like the world and have this thing which is our own, 
but which is ultimately just separation from God and death, as Herod's kingdom will, in fact, eventually fall. So anyway, a few thoughts about today's lessons. Um, we'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men. If thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit. Though who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit and the bond of peace and the righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. That it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue of all their afflictions, and this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace for our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good with you all this morning. Have a blessed Tuesday. Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Good day, everybody. Bye, -bye. Good day, everybody. Bye kiddos. Thank you.